Hey, before you start today's episode, I just wanted to jump on in and tell you about something so very exciting. I am holding my first ever summit. The Rise Above Summit is going to be on the 20th and the 21st of March and the tickets to it are free. All you have to do is register at theriseabovesummit.com. Now, I have pulled together the most phenomenal lineup for you. Honestly, it's like a who's who of the online world. So if you have an online business that you want to grow, so you're either a course creator, a membership owner, or a coach and do offer group programs, then this is definitely the summit for you. You are going to learn everything you need to know from the best experts out there in terms of growing that business. Let me just give you a little rundown of some of the speakers that we've got speaking. We've got the amazing Amy Porterfield, who's going to be sharing with us about growing her audience and basically creating a million dollar online business. We've got the phenomenal Michael Hyatt, who is a New York Times bestselling author, who's going to be talking to us about getting organized in our business. We've got Mike from the Membership Guys, who's going to be talking about using free content to sell your online membership. We've got Lucy Street from Adobe Express sharing the secret source of social media. We've got Graham Cochran, who's talking about a million dollar life giving business formula. And I do an amazing interview with him. We have Adrian Salisbury talking about three keys to maximizing your on camera presence. We have Kirsten Miller, Mary Hyatt, Joy Ann Boyce. Uh, we have Fifi Mason, Robin Kennedy. We have Kylie Lang, Melanie Moore, Jen Lena, Natalie Bullen, Liz Mosley. Like the list goes on and on and on. We honestly have the most phenomenal people. We also have various different activities that you can take part in that go from meditation to tapping to doing marketing in 10 minutes. So we've got lots of fun things and there's also competitions to get amazing swag. So go and check out theriseabovesummit.com. It will be linked in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go and find it in my social media. Get your free ticket. And after you get your free ticket, you will be given the opportunity to upgrade to our VIP pass. And our VIP pass means that you can watch any of these sessions whenever you want. Because the one thing about putting on such an amazing summit with such a big and amazing lineup is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP passed, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. Because, no. you know, when I think about selling from love, so that's the, the contract. We either sell from love mm -hmm. or we sell from fear. Okay, so that's right. Like, so the fear is I don't want to be selling from that energy. So even that place of, I will put the, the time clicker or you'll put, you know, limited seats because in mm -hmm. genuinely there is limited seats. Yeah, genuinely is. there is only so many yeah. days. All it totally makes things. sense. Yeah. Totally. We can totally still do that, but we have to go back to ourselves and say, okay, the energetic experience you're having right now, does it feel fear-based for you as a mm -hmm. seller, the person putting it out? because you're afraid of enough people won't ha buy in, enough people won't say yes, you won't hit your, how many people mm -hmm. you need to run this program. You spent $50,000 in advertising and you got to recoup those costs. Like see all those little variables. Mm -hmm. 
there's so many and they can affect how we sell and market our stuff. You are listening to Your Dream Business Podcast, episode 263. You are listening to Your Dream Business Podcast, and I am your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you are a business owner who is striving to build a business and a life that you dream of on your own terms and doing something that you love, then this is the podcast for you. Each week, I will share with you business, marketing, and mindset tools and strategies that I have used to start and grow my own dream business, as well as the dream businesses of hundreds of business owners from around the world. So if you're ready, let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. As I mentioned last week, I am still in Nashville. I'm recording this at the same time as I recorded last week's. And we're having another interview because of the fact of, well, one I forgot to and didn't forget, I ran out of podcast episodes and I had to do some recording over here. And because I don't have my normal setup and things, I didn't really want to do a solo because it requires me recording more and thinking more. <laughs> and for some reason, my brain isn't working today. So I'm doing some interviews, but these are great interviews. And you know what's funny? Because I pre-record the interviews so far ahead, I literally have to go back and re-watch them to remind myself what we're talking about. And Thinker's episode today, the lovely Thinker who's being interviewed, we talk about coming from love when you're selling, thinking about service when you're selling and doing things that align with our values and the energy in which we come from. So it's quite practical in terms of, you know, marketing strategies, but also it's a little bit woo-woo in terms of like thinking about the energy that we bring when we sell. And I recorded this at the point the club was just per open permanently. And obviously now the club has been open permanently for quite some time. And it's really interesting to hear some of those conversations and actually how some of those conversations have impacted me going forward on what I've done. So if you are concerned about feeling and looking a little bit sleazy, salesy type thing, or you want to sell from love and sell from service, but sometimes that doesn't give people the motivation to actually buy from you, then this episode is going to be perfect. So I will hand you over to the lovely thinker and I will speak to you soon. Okay. I am really excited today to welcome to the podcast, Finka Jokovic. Finka, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Teresa. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. We've just been having a really nice chat before we got on about all sorts of things, mainly the weather, because I'm British and that's what we talk about. And I'm it? Canadian and that's what we talk about. <laughs> so we're very well suited. Very well suited. Finka, before we get started, we always start the same way. Could you please tell my audience what you do and how you got to do that thing? Ah, I am a sales coach and expert. So I talk to people about how to sell, how to get their work out there, how to get clients and how to grow their business through this skill of selling. Something that we weren't taught to do, but are expected to do and know how to do for our business. This shows a super, super important thing that we know how to do, feel authentic in doing it. And that for those of us that it has felt awkward or uncomfortable, how do you get at ease with doing it? So hopefully we'll talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. How did I get to doing this wonderful work? I've been, I spent most of my career in corporate financial services and I was either a salesperson, a sales leader, worked in sales strategy, and then eventually became a sales coach. Wow. And all of that done through two and a half decades in banking. And when I started my business back in 2013 as a part-time gig, and then in 2015 kind of said, okay, let's put my big girl panties on, let's do this thing. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) You know, it was so funny because this thing that I had done all my life so naturally and so easily 
I completely forgot how to do when I started my own business. And I have a theory about it. And I think I know two things. I have two theories. Number one, is it okay if I just jump in like this? Oh, she carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So theory number one is whenever we start something new, we get amnesia. We forget that we already have skills and expertise and transferable skills that we all of a sudden, like they seem so unrelated. Like I've done all this stuff in the bank and then all of a sudden I'm starting my business. Apparently I can't do anything. Like I, I don't even yeah. have to tie my shoes. Like that's how bad it got, right? Yeah. The other thing that had happened is that there is something uniquely different when you're selling a product that someone else made yes. versus something that I made. Uh completely. And obviously my background is marketing. I'd marketed every type of business you could imagine from the most wonderful to the most ridiculous. And I know marketing. I can market myself. Yeah, no, no, I couldn't know. Because like you said, it's not, when you're doing it for someone else, it's not you. It's not, you're not going out there going, I'm pretty amazing, actually. You're saying something about a product (laughs) or someone else and it's easy to say. So I'm guessing Like, did you fall into sales back in the corporate job or is it something that naturally you're very good at, you liked? Because that, when you think salespeople, you think a certain type of character and I'm not getting that vibe from you. Mm -mm. So when I ended up in sales, I ended up because I love to help people. Mm. I love solving problems. I loved helping people get what they want. And that's what's, I get goosebumps right now and my whole body's just kind of vibrating. That's what selling's about. And somewhere in our history, so, so I did my research. So the word sell mm-hmm. prior to the 11th century. So it was sell on, which meant to give somewhere around that 11th century is shifted mm-hmm. and it shifted to get something for the thing that you give. Right, And so there was this transference of how this word initially was meant to be. That's why we feel like we can, we want to serve, we want to help, we want to help people get what they want. That's the source of the word selling. Mm-hmm. And later in years, you know, it shifted to mean like there's this exchange of goods and services. I give you this, you give me that. I get you this, you get me that. And so that shifted in the, after the 11th century. Mm-hmm. Hence, why now we have these two very different experiences in selling. Like I want to help people, oh, but then I got to do this thing called selling. I don't yeah. want to do that thing because that feels icky and uncomfortable, but that's not what we're doing. We're actually just go out there, be yourself, mm-hmm. show up, genuinely want to help people, try to help them get what they more, more of what they want. And mm-hmm. the more we can forget about ourself in that sale, <laughs> but I'm going to preface in quotations, yeah. the better we're going to be at it. And that was the problem that I ran into when I was selling my stuff, because when I was selling my stuff, I was selling a course, I was selling a workshop. I was selling mm. a keynote, a talk or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Part of it was I was selling me because I had a personal brand. I had a type of way I was going to deliver the content. The other thing I was selling in there was my thought leadership because I had ideas of how we could solve these problems. There was a lot of me invested in my workshop, a lot of me invested in my program. And then it was so much more of, I wasn't selling the solution, I was selling me. And that Mm -hmm. was the problem. Because now what if they don't like this product? It means they don't like me. If they don't buy this product, they don't accept me. Mm -hmm. And that relationship is very, I, I still get trapped in it every now and then, but I'm more cognizant of it Yeah, to catch myself sooner than getting deep in the weeds and, you know, 
and I, getting I totally get it. it. You're so right. I think there are, you know, I have these conversations with myself, with my students, with people in my world. And it's like, you know, we did some exercises on value and we were talking about, you know, who, where do you get your value from? And it's like, you need to get it from inside you. Because if you're waiting for someone else to validate you through a purchase, then there's a million reasons why they might not purchase, which have nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. But even though I could talk about it and teach it, the the part that's still you, that's like, why isn't anybody joining or why isn't anybody buying or what is it that like, and and especially, and I don't know whether you get this and I hope you do, but like, if you have someone doing something similar and you know, you know, the quality is not like your quality. One thing that I have always like, I'm all about quality. It's got to be the best. If it's not the best, I don't want to do it. And like, so, you know, someone is not providing a quality service or something as good as you can do it. And yet someone's going to them than you that is so hard to get away from. It's me, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is. It's hard. It's that. So what? What's the difference here? You know, you are what you're doing is is more qualitative. Mm-hmm. That they can. And so what? What's what? What happens next? What? What do you think? Like, so I'm like, so that's it's the story I make up about it. Like it's the yeah. story I'm making up about it, and that I'm making up that they are better than mm-hmm. I am, and we've personalized it again. Yeah. And again, why they chose that person has nothing to do with us. No. Has nothing to do with us. And so I think if we can um, see that and understand that there was something else that happened that motivated them to go that way than Mm -hmm. your way. Okay. So can I just pick up on something you said then? Because actually this is something that's been playing on my mind from my own point of view. So I've recently, by the time, well, at the time we're recording this, I've recently changed the model of my membership. So I used to do an open and close. So the doors would open, four days, close. Open, four days, close, like twice a year. And that didn't start to sit with me as well as I would like, because it felt that I was using some tactics that, I mean, they weren't underhand and they weren't sleazy and they weren't any of that because I wouldn't have allowed them to be, but it still didn't feel as, as giving and as mm-hmm. sort of, you know, coming from a place of wanting to help because if I wanted to help, I'd leave it open all the time for when someone's ready to join, which I now have done. But that motivation, you know, that's the thing I'm struggling with. And it's only just, we've only literally, the doors have been open like less even a week, but that motivation of how do I make that motivation happen without those deadlines, without the FOMO, without the kind of things that are sometimes a little bit icky feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, like a countdown clock or yeah. only a few limited seats. Yeah. And, and I think there's a place that those are, mm, they're useful because yep. for the right person, they're going to energetically get them motivated to say, I better mm-hmm. say yes to this because I need this change. I need this transformation. I think that place where you and I and people like us, it's like we start questioning, am I going to get people who aren't yet ready? Yes. And because of the FOMO is going to activate them. Yeah. And, and I don't want that. I don't want, you don't want that for them because, you know, when I think about selling from love, so that's the the contract, we either sell from love Mm -hmm. or we sell from fear. So that's right. Like, so the fear is, I don't want to be selling from that energy. So even that place of, I will put the the time clicker or you'll put, you know, limited seats because in Mm -hmm. genuinity, there is limited seats. Genuinely, there is only so many days. All those things. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Totally. We can totally still do that. 
But we have to go back to ourselves and say, okay, the energetic experience you're having right now, does it feel fear-based for you as a Mm -hmm. seller, the person putting it out? Because you're afraid of enough people won't buy in, enough people won't say yes, you won't hit your, how many people Mm -hmm. you need to run this program. You spent $50,000 in advertising and you got to recoup those costs. Like, see all those little variables? Mm -hmm. There's so many and they can affect how we sell and market our stuff. So, and then, right? So wait, go on, go on. Yeah. So then the other thing is we have to look at our clients' experience, like what we just talked about. I don't want my clients buying from fear. I want you in this thing because it's the right thing at the yeah. right time right now for you. Because the fear experience, we just breathe more of it. We breathe yeah. more of it. And, and I believe like we are at this place of shifting how we market, how we sell, how we build relationships, not only us as providers of those services, mm-hmm. but our clients, The and I'll put in quotations, buyers, because I don't like that term. I don't like buyers. I don't like consumers, mm-hmm. but that's the term that that's, we know what we're talking about, but Recognized. our potential clients, yeah. our potential clients, they're more educated. Yeah. So, you know, so they're in, more informed when they're making their decisions. So like, we don't need to dumb it down and we don't need to I don't know. It's such a scarcity, primitive, Mm -hmm. very much plays into our old brain thinking. I'd rather let's stick to the prefrontal cortex, our executive function, Mm -hmm. our new brain. Let's continue evolving that. And how we do it is how we show up, this energy of love. I'm here to serve and do some really good work, amazing work with people. And I want to find the right people. And that's our work. Why we market that? Why do we advertise? Because I want to find them. I want them, make it easy for them to find me so they can, we can work together and get this magic. Yeah. So you said something there that I want to pick up on. You talked about coming from fear rather than love, it, it mm-hmm. being the opposite. And, I, and I've and i done a bit of work with this with the members where I've talked about, you know, when we come from fear, we make some stupid decisions because like if you're coming from, I, and I have done it many times when I had my agency, if I was losing a client or needed another client, then I would say yes to work that I didn't know how to do, or I'd say yes to work with people that I didn't want to work with. So coming from fear is is not a great thing. However, how do you, when you're in that fear, so when you're like, doors have opened, I'm inviting people in, I know I can help them. It's brilliant, amazing. You know, the people in it love it and people aren't buying. How do you then go, okay, I know you're sat there literally panicking your head off because no one's buying, but we need to come from love. Like how in the moment do you swap that? How do you change that? Mm -hmm. You don't, you do not, you do nothing to swap it because we cannot deny the experience we're having. And the more we resist that experience of fear, the uh, more magnet, more energy we give it. It And so Susan Jeffers has this beautiful book. I love the title. Read the book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. I've read that. It's very good. Right? So so the same thing. We want to use that mantra. You just notice the fear and you observe the fear and you sit with the experience of fear and you follow through and you look at, okay, how can I bring a little bit more love energy? How can I be more intentional? It might be, okay, I'm just going to go for a walk and clear my head and get in a really good inner space. Mm -hmm. It might be, I'm going to go do 10 jumping jacks, or I'm going to call a friend and vent a little bit, or my coach. Like what would be some of the things to help you get back into alignment? And that's what we're working towards. So Mm -hmm. we feel the fear and we still keep moving forward. If there's shifting that you need, but that's the the other thing we have to be careful of because any decision we make might be coming from fear. So the Mm -hmm. best thing to do, like, oh, I want to stop it. Just, you know, 
cut the cord. I've done that. Yeah, I was close front it. Seat. I don't even want to do close it. it. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sending anymore. I've got four more yeah. emails in the queue. I'm not sending them out. <laughs> do not do that. Do not do that. Still follow through. You still might not have anyone sign up, but by sending out those four more emails, you will have learned something and you will have learned how to manage the fear through hitting send every time. Mm-hmm. That's what we learned. So I'm going to give you an example. A number of years ago, I had an opportunity to present a, so that was an example. Like I do that with my emails. Like mm-hmm. I, I wanted to cut the cord and I follow through, send the email. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Just keep following through. But I remember it was a really important opportunity for me. I had this big corporate client. I had a proposal I was presenting, had my PowerPoint laid out. I had just come out of a burnout, like three months of mm-hmm. like literally even went to Sedona to recover and I still came back home and I still wasn't and I needed to. And so Fear doesn't just come from, I'm scared of selling. Fear comes from, I work my butt off and I'm Mm -hmm. tired, I'm exhausted, or I have a headache today. Like it comes from all sorts of places. It comes from a pandemic. Yeah. Anyways, so I'm getting ready to go and do this presentation. I feel fear. Mm -hmm. I know it's there. While I'm doing the presentation, I am sweating. Like my armpits are sweating. I'm feeling it dripping. Like I just, and I'm like, this is not going well but I'm going to keep doing. And then I'm doing everything I teach in self from love dots. I'm talking too much. I'm giving answers. I'm a know-it-all. Like I'm doing it all. Yeah. But what I'm so happy about, and I look back, even though it's such a cringeworthy moment in front of a particular yeah. person that I had still connections with that I'm like, it's not a person I'll never see again. I'm like, yeah, that's annoying. That. <laughs> it's, like, it's not like this one time I only run into you. No, I'm going to see you for yeah, a long time. No, yeah, you're no, part no, of my world now. No. You're just going to remind me. A little, a little yeah. bit of salt on that wound. <laughs> <laughs> so, but... It's a beautiful experience for me to remember what it was like to be in fear, do it anyway, and be Mm. kind and compassionate to myself in the process. Because that's the other practice. We do not berate ourselves. We are so loving and kind and just say, of course, you're stressed. You just came out of a burnout. Of course. And so I love using of course. So of course is my way of being gentle on myself. Of course, Finca, this didn't go as planned because you didn't have time to prepare or Finca, of course, like, Mm. and that, and that helps take the edge. And so if anything, in a moment of fear, we get to practice self-love and that's the best love we can give. Yeah. Yeah. And you're so right. I think Sometimes we had a a coaching call and we were talking about this and we were talking about someone wanting to show up and do like a live or whatever, or start a podcast or something like that. And they were like, but I need a bigger audience. I need more people. I need more this. And we, we sat there and the conversation kind of carried on. And then eventually we were like, but do you though? Like, why are we doing it? Are we doing it because we want the ego to go, oh, look what I did in front of these people? Or are we genuinely doing it to help people, i.e. coming from love? And if we're genuinely doing it to help people, then why wouldn't we just do it now? Like, because even if it's one person, if it helps them, then that's great. So I think that kind of, you know, we almost have to check in with ourselves as to go, what is the reason I'm thinking of this? Like, what is the reason I want to stop the emails? What is the reason, you know, and I love the, of course, like, and this is the other thing There's always, you know, I've had launches that have not gone how I've wanted, but I could tell you hands down why it was like, so I can go, of course it didn't do this because you didn't do this or it wasn't like this or whatever, whatever. So, so you have this thing called self from love framework. So explain what the framework is. Okay. I will. Can I just conclude something and then we'll go? Of course you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that by 
experiencing the fear and following through that is a love-based action. Yeah. Right. So not letting it stop us. If we let it stop us from moving forward, fear has won hands down. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so I want to just use the podcast example. So for years I wanted to do a podcast. Mm. I did two courses on it, on it. I hired two different coaches on it. <laughs> That's brilliant. Did all brilliant. Can you guys see the fear? Can you see the yeah. fear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then um, I decided I'm going to launch the podcast right. It was right. I record seven episodes and then the pandemic happens. Uh, can't do it. No, can't do it. I couldn't. I was like, and my podcast was, but it was called Your Brilliant Difference. And I'm like, who's going to talk about your brilliance when like the pandemic? Who knows if it's, if we were like, we're very dull right now. There is no shine happening in the world, right? There's a pandemic oh, happening. Oh my goodness. So that was like, all right, that was a good reason why I can't do it now. Obviously. And that's right, obviously. And so then, and then in the fall, we'll talk about Self from Love. So that's, you know, I was finishing up the book and I was, and I'm like, okay, now let me launch Self from Love, the podcast Self from Love. And because I had known how incessant, <laughs> incessant fear is, I made a deal with myself and I said, I cannot. And so this is how we circumvent can circumvent fear is make a deal with yourself before. So mm-hmm. I said to myself, because I knew I would give up on my, on my podcast because it would get hard. It would get messy. I wouldn't have the right content. I had to record and it'd be awkward. I'm talking to an ether, like your example, like I don't have an audience, mm-hmm. all those wonderful, ra- very rational reasons why I should not do this would happen. And so I made a deal with myself and I said, I cannot give this up until I do a hundred episodes. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and that's it. And I told my clients, so <laughs> yeah, I could that... tell my family and my friends, but when yep. I tell my clients and, and they know exactly the deal and they're waiting, like, cause if I now not follow through, mm-hmm. how can I continue doing my work? Because I am a terrible, horrific and, role model. <laughs> and that's, and there's your credibility out the window. I've seen so many people start and stop and start and stop and start and stop, not just podcasts, courses, memberships. I've seen people sell lifetime access to something and then close it a year later. Like where's the credibility? Where's the, you know, and this is the thing. And I did exactly the same, started my podcast. And if you're listening to this podcast, you've heard the story many, many, many times, I'm sure, but I gave myself 12 months. I had to do it for 12 months. And and there's something about that commitment to yourself, but also externally. And I do this all the time. If I need something to be done, I will record because we patch ahead so far. I will record it. And then it, the time starts getting closer. I'm like, I've got to have that thing to do because I say it on the podcast. <laughs> like, but it just helps. It helps do that. So yeah. It so does. yeah, absolutely. I love that. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. So so it's like make a deal with yourself before. Let people know about the deal, like mm-hmm. what both of us do, like tell people mm-hmm. about it. And, you know, I've had moments. So now I'm on season three. I'm happy to say I'm episode 55, yeah. uh, you know, so I'm halfway through, but I will say through three seasons, the moment I have those season breaks, the reason what happens is I have a fear moment. Like I, I'm showing uh-huh. Teresa here a valley moment. I don't know if I should do this. What am I doing here? Yeah. And da, 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 da. And then I come back at it. And so, because I made the commitment. So there is these moments of grace that I give myself to realign, recalibrate, but I'm going to follow through and get the hundred done. The other part of the hundred was I'm going to do the hundred and then finally see what the heck I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, what's this podcast all about? What's I really a lot of stuff. <laughs> Honestly, it changes so constantly. So does exactly. mine. Exactly. So yeah. this is like the curiosity we approach our work and this like, ah, I wonder, 
What if, like even a course or a workshop, it's like, I wonder what I'm making here. Let me actually deliver it six times. So that's my other caveat for courses, workshops, online programs, whatever you're doing, like that lifetime access. No, no, don't do it once. You got to do it six times at least to know what the heck you're talking about, to iron out the kinks, to finally figure out who it's for, what you're teaching, mm-hmm. if it's effective. Maybe in the process, hire a learning designer to kind of look through the, through it to make sure it's instructionally sound, all yeah. those things. So you got to do it, rinse and repeat a number of times, just like our hair. I love it. So yeah, tell so, me about the framework then, because I think like, you know, how you've discussed that talked about it already. Yeah, it makes total sense, but it's, yeah, to, but let's have it in a practical way that's like, okay, that's how it works. Okay. So there are three pillars to selling from love. The first is you got to love yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll talk a bit about that in a second. The second is you have to love your client. Ah, and the I third, love clients. yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. So, do, so do the rest of us. And this is so, and the third is we have to love our offer. So yeah. I've got a, an assessment that tells us where, where your blind spot is. So exactly what you said. I love my client. We are mm. so quick. We love our client. Ah, oh, totally. Adorable. Right. It's, it's, but to sell from love, that's, that's like a, a only like one stool of one leg of that stool. Yeah. And the other two, we need to strengthen. We need to love ourselves even more. And the place where we often falter is we don't understand how we bring value. We don't understand. I call it your brilliant difference. It's something that's brilliant about you, exquisite. Only you have, it comes so easily naturally to you that you discount and devalue it. And it's like, this Mm -hmm. is like, doesn't everybody do this? Doesn't everyone think this way? Actually, no, this is why Mm -hmm. you have it. And it's here to make a meaningful difference. So other with personal branding, where it falls, and that's kind of my business, how it first started was in the personal branding space. Where it falls, it's, it's so much about us that it's so scary to go put it out there because then you might judge me, not like me. And that gives us fear. And so then we mm-hmm. won't show it. Yeah. I was just going to say, cause like when you read those three things out, I was like, yeah, I adore my clients and I do. And believe me, I know people who don't like, I know people who are very much in it for the money. He will like, Oh, there's such a pain. No, I adore yeah. I, like love your product. I do. I think I've got a brilliant product. Everything I do, like I said, I put all the effort and time in. So then that kind of led me to, Oh, do I not love myself then? And I thought, and actually when you first said love yourself, I was like, yeah, fine, yeah, good. But like, I don't, genuinely looking at those three, that's the only place I can see. Because one thing that talk, people say when they talk to me is how passionate I am. And it's like, I am because I genuinely love this stuff. Like, so it's like, is that the bit that's missing? So it's interesting that I didn't identify immediately where the gap is. And I, I'm only guessing that's where the gap is. Mm-hmm. And I know I'll say, Teresa, the other part of this work is it's, it could be, it's, it's situational and in this moment. Mm-hmm. So today it might be, oh, I've got to fill up my love myself bucket today. Yeah. You go put out a new offer, something you haven't done before, maybe to a new client base that you haven't yet kind of worked through or, or dealt with. And you might not love your offer so much because you're like, mm. I'm not as confident with this offer anymore. Mm. You might try a new marketing strategy that you never tried before to a new, on a new venue, a new platform, higher stakes. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden we don't love our offer as much because it's higher risk mm. and, and it, and it could affect our visit our how we make ourselves visible, but then what people perceive us to be, and then we're not going to presence our offer as much. So again, mm. it's in these moments and that's the, you know, do I love myself, love my client, love our offer, hands down, love your client. We most, most often do. And you will have yeah. the situation yeah. you're talking about. And again, they're going to, they might get 
transactional selling, which is what I talk about. We go transactions or we sell trans or we fulfill transformations. Mm-hmm. They will do great. They, their transactional selling is short. It's sweet. It's transactional scale widgets. Yes. Yeah. Like that. It's a, it's a wheel. But, but the, the lifetime of that, mm-hmm. like, you know, and my, I've had my membership now for, I think maybe four years or something. And for me, I want you to come back in 10 years and for me to still be doing it. And when I look at some others, I think, yeah, you won't be because, because it's not coming from that place. It's coming from a, oh, look how much this money makes us. Or, you know, I can make money doing this. And it's like, yeah, no, that for me. And and that was the other thing. Like when people come to me and say, you know, should I have a membership? Is it, you know, easy way to make money? And it's like, no, like, and does it make me all the money I earn now? Absolutely not. Could I live just off my membership? Absolutely not. But I adore it. So I'd never get rid of it. And I will do my best to forever keep filling it, you know? So I think, like you said, it's the quick sell will be fine if they're selling widgets and if nothing else is involved in it. But that kind of coming from loving your clients is the one that I might take a bit longer to get someone, but when they come, they never leave. Like they don't want to. No. And and that and that client becomes what I call your devoted insider. Mm-hmm. They may or may not buy more from you. Sometimes they just buy from you. I don't need this thing, but Teresa's selling it. And I'm anything Teresa's doing, <laughs> I am up for it. Right. Those what that's what our devoted yeah. insiders do. Yeah, they're right. What they also, <laughs> right? What they also do is when they're at a cocktail party or they're on LinkedIn or they're, you know, out for a walk mm-hmm. with a dear friend who is complaining about something and they're like, oh, you've got to talk to Teresa because she yeah. is the person who helps you with this. That is marketing. That is yeah. what our devoted insiders are the ones that are going to be the, 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 the they're going to give you the best ROI. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you know, it is the best marketing strategy. The challenge with that type of marketing is we can't, you know, it's not like you did some Google ads or some Facebook yeah, ads and no. you have a, a Excel spreadsheet that illustrates that it's natural, it's organic, but it's real and it's human. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you create. That's what we do when we're selling from love. Now, one of the the other opportunities, so when we don't love our offer, so in my research, 86% of people, and these are mostly service-based coaches, Mm -hmm. consultants, advisors, guides, like online. So people who sell services. So again, there's parts of them that are in that. That's that's the challenge here versus a product. And 86% do not consistently put their offers out. So they don't go out and talk to people about it. Wow. invite people to their offers. And then we wonder why we don't have sales. <laughs> yeah. But again, it's that, like my worry, and I'm sure lots of other people's worry is that, and, and again, going from closed to an all open, I have to keep talking about it. Like, it's not like when it's, when it, you do closed and open it for five days, you literally can go ah, and scream about it. And then you're like, oh, closed, fine. Don't talk about it anymore. But it's that whole drip feeding of talking about it, saying what's good about it, that you worry that you're going to, you're going to irritate people. They're going to get sick of hearing it. They're like, you know, so I totally get why such a huge percentage are not consistently putting their offer out there. How do they Can get I ask over you that? a question? Yeah. yeah. Do you think Adele gets sick and tired of singing hello? <laughs> I mean, you know. I'm sure they do. I, but They must. They must. They must. They're human, right? Yeah. But somewhere in there, she finds the energy of that work and that song and that soul and that spirit of what she really wants us to experience when she sings that song mm-hmm. and she shows up. That is the same with our offers. 
So even though it is dull and boring and repetitive, and I think I'm making driving everyone nuts because I'm talking mm-hmm. about this offer again, we've got to connect to what Adele connects to, <laughs> that yeah, soul yeah. and spirit and energy of our work. And that's what we're committed to. It is not about our enthusiasm for our offer that matters anymore. It's about the engagement and the in- interaction that we're going to create mm-hmm. with our clients. And that's why we have to do it. So- I'm just super conscious of our time and, and yeah. I want to just check on a couple of other things before, before we wrap up. Is there anything, so when you talk about selling from love, is there particular words you'd use? I'm just trying to think like, so let's say tomorrow I want to put a post out and I might be totally off the mark. This might be absolutely not what you mean, but like, say I want to put a post out tomorrow saying, come and join the club because it's amazing. Is there some way I should do that if you're coming from love or is it more about the the bigger picture? I, I I think just putting it out there is an act mm. of love. So putting out an offer is an act of love and an act of service because mm. you are generously and genuinely telling people how you can help them. That's what you do. Yeah. And if you can do that consistently, you will stop selling transactions and start fulfilling transformations because the mm. person that is waiting to buy your thing is need something and yeah. that's what you're helping them get. And so I, I think the, you know, loving yourself and loving your client and loving your offer are the ways in which we do it. Mm-hmm. What I said earlier, feel the fear and do it anyway. Feel the fear, but put your put your offer out there mm-hmm. and figure out what worked and what didn't work and then do it again and then do it again and do it again. Then I even go back to what we started with the top of the podcast. We were not taught how to sell. No. We were given, you watch TV, you go buy a car, uh, like mm-hmm. you do any of these things. Like I recently have, I'm so excited. So I just bought myself a pickup truck. So I've got a Ford Ranger. Ace, ace. That is so cool. <laughs> so I like, and last night I was driving my pickup truck. We went, so we've got horses. We went and got feed. I filled it up with wood shavings. I'm like, and, and it was just like, mm, with my new Ford Ranger. But the experience I had with the salesman who provided, he was responsive. He mm. uh, informed me. He was awesome. He was not selling me a car. He was selling me who I'm getting to be. Yes. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, a woman with a pickup truck that gets to fill it up with horse stuff. <laughs> like, it's just cool. like, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And that is what he sold. That's what I got. That's what he sold. Mm-hmm. He didn't sell me a truck. He didn't yeah. sell me, you know, you know, leather seats and AC and all the stuff that comes with it. Uh-uh-uh. He mm-hmm. got me who I got to be. And so that's what we're all doing. We We get to help people become who they're here to be. Mm-hmm. through our services. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and let's, let's stop buying into the stories we were told and the stories that we make up in our, in our head about what selling is and what selling isn't. And let's just go out and do our work. That's all. Awesome. I mean, what a, an amazing way to wrap up. It was like, there you go. And I'll just put a bow on it. Amazing. Thank you so much. Finger. It's been so, so good. If people want to come and find you, and also I must apologize. I'm very authentic on this podcast. So people will know my husband is currently downstairs banging on a wall, which is not very professional. <laughs> I didn't hear a thing. Do not. Well, the, the listeners oh. might be like, no, I can't hear it. But honestly, it just, you know, when you just think, yeah, it's just life, isn't it? This, this is, is integrity. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. yeah. It is. I could not be more authentic if I tried. <laughs> 
I love it. I love it. I love it. So where do you hang out most? Where can people come and say hi, Finka? Yes. You can check me out on the Self and Love podcast as well. You can check out the website. I also have that Self and Love assessment. So if you want to find out yes. where your opportunity lies, is it in loving yourself more, your client or your offer? Feel free to take that. And That's a good uh, link connect, with me, connect with me on LinkedIn or follow me on Instagram. So thank you. Love it. Thank you so much, Finka. Thank You've you, been Teresa. absolutely wonderful. Ditto, ditto. I enjoyed all of this time with you. So thank you, Teresa, for having me. No worries. There we go. There was the lovely Finca. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Now, next week, I've got another interview. And as if I'd planned it this way, no, the universe helped me out. We have someone talking about money mindset and how to improve it and all things money. So I think that follows really nicely on this week's episode. So I can't wait to share that one with you. Have a lovely week and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Your Dream Business Podcast. And if you loved this episode, then please feel free to go and share it on your social media or head over to iTunes and give me a review. I would be so very grateful.